0: Hi, doggy. Hey, dude. Hey, what's up, guys? I'm Justin. Hey. Hello. Which Justin was that? For real?
1: Bieber. Just sniff Just sniff. Justin. Just sniff. My name is Justin. So you
0: basically just pulled fifteen drops of your name.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, get up on your feet right now. Right now. Back on the stage, our friend, the great Jolson.
0: (laughs) Jolson. And now let's hear the Keith drops.
1: uh, About that. That sounds like me.
0: (laughs) There we go. Um, Wow. So there's only one, not one. There's a few people who could get us back on our weekly grind. Mm-hmm. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. And one of them seems to be, potentially, Nathan Fielder.
2: Hey, what's up, guys? I'm Justin.
1: What was me?
0: What were you <laughs> anticipating there?
1: <laughs> uh Sure. Is that what we're agreeing to weekly? We're gonna talk about this show? I thought so. Okay.
0: Are you okay with that?
1: That's that's on you. Well you're the one that has to drive.
0: Um I mean, we have Thanksgiving next week, which is either mm. great or terrible. <laughs> I guess terrible based on your good googly moogan. Your
1: drop. I don't know. Um I mean Thanksgiving's on what? Thursday, right?
0: Mm Mm-hmm. But I'm off. Are you, what days do you
1: have off? I'm off Thursday and Friday.
0: With your capitalist obsessed job.
1: Thursday and Friday.
0: Do you get good time off? Mm,
1: I mean, we get less than you. Like a city, like a, like a public public servant job or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like you had Veterans Day off, right? Nope. Oh, okay. Well, neither did we. There's a couple school holidays that we don't get off. Mm. Do you get off all the school holidays? Indy was off for Veterans Day, right?
0: Yeah, he was. Yeah. we We didn't get that. And I'm not going to say that's the only thing that's wrong with the country, but that's probably the place to start.
1: We definitely need to be working less.
0: Well, no, I was going to say we we all need bye, more Bye-bye. Pa- patriotic holidays, we need more time to remember our great country. Sure. If only if only people had more gratitude <laughs> for this great nation of ours.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> this this world would be Can you imagine that world? Let's just go let's let's cast our minds to this Brighter future. It's the day after nine eleven, and you're, <laughs> and everywhere you see a sea of red, white, and blue. Sure. <laughs> um. So yeah, i I think we've agreed to watch the curse. Uh huh. And I like how you say going weekly is on me. But really, Going Weekly is on you actually watching this show.
1: Hey, I watched it the day it came out. Yeah? Do you remember it? Yeah, of course. Oh, okay. I didn't take any notes. Um, I don't know what it says about the show, but I didn't take any notes. And as the show was starting, opened up my app, notes app, The Curse, bullet point one.
0: And nothing followed? One
1: hour and four minutes later, I had written nothing down.
0: Okay. <laughs> so I figured a good place to start is always with like expectations, excitement. You know what I mean? Okay. So let's go. I, You can use your respondent drops if you want, but I want to gauge your Okey interest dokey. for this show based mm-hmm. on like, as if it's coming through text messages to you, Okay. <laughs>
1: All right, Uh so
0: so text message one is, Justin, there's a new show. Hello. No, no, the the, the first text (laughs) isn't your name.
1: (laughs) I know, but you're You're, texting me for the first time, so I'm saying hello. You're
0: like primed for your name today. What what is this? All right, start Um, start
1: over then. Justin, there's a new show. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Oh right. I'm supposed to front and text. Text one, Justin. <whistles> <whistles> what time are you texting me? Yeah, goes, this well, is this in the morning or at night? I, I might be like asleep.
0: There's like an 80% <laughs> chance
1: when I text you, <laughs> you you're sleeping. Okay, so expectations for the show. All right, so I say
0: Justin, you say
2: Hey, what's up guys? I'm Justin.
0: Then I say there's a new show. And then I say, it's on Showtime. It has Nathan Fielder. Yep. Emma Stone. He shows a version of his penis in it.
1: Yep, yep. Okie dokie. Yep. <laughs> Okie dokie. <Aww. laughs>
0: and it's got Corbin Burnson in it.
1: Oh, yeah. Who did Corbin Burnson play? He played her father, who pisses in
0: the tomatoes.
1: That's Corbin <laughs> Yeah. How did I not make that connection?
0: I don't know. Mr. It's like such an old man. Major League himself. Yeah. I've been wanting to rewatch Major League. Yeah, so have I. And watch it with Indy. Mm hmm. But I just don't. I don't know. I don't know. Do it you holds Um, up, I'm
1: sure. Do you have. Oh, yeah, I'm sure it holds up. <laughs> I'm sure it's a masterpiece. Do Wild you, thing. Do you have a preference for. Or did you, when you were a kid, did you watch one or two
0: more? Oh, obsessed with one.
1: Really? Obsessed. Because I never watched one. I only watched two. And I've watched two probably 20, 30 times. I've never seen the first one. Because the first one is R, is it not? It's like an adult R movie. And the second one's PG-13.
0: You've only watched Major League (laughs) Two about 20
1: times. So when you say Major League, I'm thinking about Major League Two. And you're thinking about Major League One. 100%. Yeah.
0: I like it. I said, I'm thinking about rewatching Major League. And Wrong. I get a, a huge grin and, and nod from you, only to realize we're not talking about We're talking about Major, two different movies. We're, we're not, yeah. Yeah. They might as well be two different movies. Sure. Here's the thing about One. It's R, but I remember even being a kid, being like, oh my God, I'm watching an R-rated movie. And oh, then I have to the mercy end, I'm about to bust. Yeah, being like, I didn't get to see anything that I wouldn't have seen. There's no
1: nudity in it? I'm sure there's nudity in it.
0: There's a scene where, you know, they're trying to piss off their owner. They have a cardboard cutout of her. Mm -hmm. And every time they win, they remove another piece Mm. of the poster's clothing Mm -hmm. where she's supposed to be, like, naked underneath it. Ah. She's not naked. Nope. It shows a bunch of their butts. You're wrong. In the locker room. Okie dokie.
1: Okay. So. Take a bite out of that juicy butt.
0: Right. So going into it based on your responses, it seems like you were very interested in Nathan Fielder, his wiener, and not too excited about being on Showtime, and ambivalent about Emma Stone being in it. Is that accurate?
1: I'm like, what? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm not the biggest Nathan Fielder guy, like Nathan Fielder seems like one of those people that's like the people who like Nathan Fielder love Nathan Fielder. Right.
0: Can you say that about all the like Tim Heidecker, Tom Sharpling, Mm. people who love them? really love. It.
1: I guess what I mean by it is this. We you said you wanted to talk about the curse. So I went to the curse subreddit and it's just full of Nathan Fielder zealots all talking about how much they love Nathan Fielder and constantly comparing the show to everything else Nathan Fielder has done. Not The Rehearsal so much, but Nathan for You which I feel like has zero connection to this show at all in terms of like what even the show is.
0: That's the thing I don't get about like super fans is a lot of them seem to want to get together and like share the same gifts Mm -hmm. together and like recollections of again, Nathan for you. Mm -hmm. But yeah, there's not really a lot of interest in a lot of like super fans like that with like, do you all want to try and, like, dig into what the curse is about? Mm-hmm. Like, no, not really. We just want to yeah. share Nathan Fielder gifts. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, I mean, so I, I came to it more interested just because, yeah, of who all is involved, not just Nathan Fielder, but also Benny Safdie. But also, because the trailer was great. I thought the trailer looked really interesting. And I think it, it, it seemed interesting that, he, that Nathan Fielder was going to do like acting. He's like making a proper show. Everything else he's done that I'm aware of is reality- based. Even the rehearsal to an, ex, you know, kind of mixes him a little bit more than the rest of the stuff he does, but it's still more or less a reality thing.
0: But he's also acting in those more than anybody else.
1: Sure. Yeah. Potentially, depending on
0: what you believe.
1: Yeah, but right. But he's also very much the Nathan Fielder character in those shows. Mm -hmm. Whereas this is like he's he's Asher, right?
0: Ashman, (laughs) right?
1: Um, He's the Ashman.
0: How did HBO lose this? They had the rehearsal. They had John Wilson, how-to John Wilson, mm-hmm. all Nathan Fielder adjacent, and then all of a sudden Showtime snaps mm-hmm. him up for this. Um, also, this is not for this podcast, or maybe if there's an episode where we don't have a lot to say, we can come back on it. I don't understand TV today. I don't understand streaming. I don't understand the economics of it what? all i know is every streaming service is losing hundreds of millions of dollars
1: <laughs> <Right>. just consistently <laughs> falling <laughs> yeah like i'm a
0: dead man yeah yeah how can anything whenever a streaming service releases any reports it's always like how can anything survive yeah losing that much money and yet they just keep going they just keep doing it you know or like Showtime's like Nathan feel like what's Showtime's expectation for this show? Mm-hmm. Is it just content to have? Or is it a belief that they are creating like a
1: like something of
0: unique value for them? Mm-hmm. I don't
1: understand. Yeah, I think it's gotten to a point where um... You, They just need content. There is no longer any sort of... I feel like there's no longer any sort of uh, filter in terms of what gets made. The filter is now after it happens, after the first season is over. And then it becomes, can we turn this into like a Stranger Things that makes this a million dollars? No, or, it's being canceled.
0: Or cancel it.
1: But but we still need that first season because we just have to have some, we have to have something on here and we have to have something to be like coming to Netflix this month. Coming soon. Nathan yeah.
0: Fielder's ax You'll, <laughs> you'll want to see this. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. It's just funny too. Cause like showtime, what else do they have?
1: Do they have any Yellow Jackets, right? That's showtime, isn't it?
0: Oh, do they? I watched season one. I did not watch season two, and I just heard uh-huh. season two is like I heard
1: it's kind of goofy. The first season's kind of goofy.
0: It gets kind of goofy, but yeah. I think it's good.
1: I didn't watch it. I didn't watch oh. all I didn't watch all of it. So I didn't know watch know all of it. I watched a couple episodes. More than a couple. I got more than halfway through the season, but I did not finish it.
0: Okay. So the curse. You watched it opening night? Uh-huh. Did Julia watch it? Yep. What's what's her capsule reaction?
1: Um, I think she liked it. I don't think we talked about it much. Do you to be honest?
0: Do you wonder like does Emma Stone have fans like the like a subreddit for her?
1: Yeah, like weird lonely guys
0: oh no you don't think that there's like female uh no emma stone fanatics
1: no i think those are all sucked up by taylor swift
0: can you imagine taylor swift in this show
1: yeah Um, if i was
0: her manager i'd be like (laughs) we need to get you on the next nathan fielder show we need to create an incident a global incident yeah
1: um so yeah what were you expecting i mean you you're obviously a lot pay closer attention to this stuff than i do
0: you know what assuming does you yeah, know why would you assume up. that i pay close attention Um, yeah, my, my expectation was, um, at first, this is another like rehearsal Mm -hmm. show. Oh, really? Yeah. But then when I saw Emma Stone was involved, Mm -hmm. I was like, and then the first trailer came out.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah.
0: And I thought, um, what got me interested and excited were more of the horror undertones that I saw Uh like that creeping dread. And I'm all for, I think horror presents an exciting and unique playground for people to play in. And so I'm always excited when I hear an artist that I like that doesn't necessarily just do horror Uh films or shows announcing something horror related. Like, there was talk one time of Spike Jones and Charlie Kaufman doing a horror movie together. Mm-hmm. I was like so excited for that. I would love Wes Anderson to do like a horror, uh-huh. um, something. But um, so when it, when I saw him doing something horror, Jason, and then saw like Benny Safdie's in it, that that got me interested. Um, super interested. And then I basically didn't watch or read anything else about it until it came out. And then I watched it and I mean, jumping to the end, I guess I, I loved it. I thought it was really fantastic.
1: Um, yeah, I liked it. Uh, it's, uh, uh, and thinking about, you know, when, when we were going to talk about it, it's, it kind of, um, well, you say, you know, it's, it's not really a horror show though, right? It just has that, like you said, that dread, dread, that sort of undertone of dread throughout it. There's nothing, obviously there's nothing scary about it or gory or anything like that, but it, yeah, it does have this element of like something feels off.
0: He gets cursed by a little girl holding mini sprites.
1: So that <laughs> that was going to be That's my, first, that was one of my questions. Um, Do you think the, uh, what do you think the curse is? Is the curse real? Is there a curse? I'm excited to see where they go. I just don't think
0: that they would put it in the show in the way that they did if if it's a fake out. If it's a true like, you don't
1: think they would name the entire show after it if it didn't actually exist?
0: No, no, that scene, the way that they filmed it,
1: Oh, I see what you're saying.
0: I do think with Nathan, I do think he could name a show that has nothing to do with Right. That. No, I do too. Yeah. But I'm saying the way that they actually filmed that scene the way that it happened
1: uh-huh. and
0: the way they, they depicted it made me think this there's something to this curse.
1: There is an actual curse. Right.
0: It may not be what we expect it to be. And then Emma Stone's reaction to it I thought was also like very telling where she like truly freaked out, you know? Yeah. Um at at the possibility of a curse. She yeah. she believes in it clearly. Mhm. So. Um
1: Yeah, I guess I could see there a scene like later in the season where it's like we got to go find this little girl. Well, you
0: don't so you didn't think the curse was real?
1: Uh yeah, I mean to me it almost see I I guess there's for me there's so much going on in the show. There's so much, you know, commentary on gentrification, reality TV shows, uh, you know, whatever else, race relations. Like it seems to be tackling a lot mar- mar- marital issues. Mm-hmm. Um, small penises, small (laughs) cherry tomato insecurity. Uh, so I could see it just 100% being a, uh, nothing burger as they like to say Mm -hmm. these days, you know what I mean? Just being a, it, it kind of becomes whatever to whoever. Right. And I don't know the curse is. I don't know what the curse would be in that instance, but.
0: Well, and just for the for the record, we're we're a couple beefsteak boys, right? <laughs> sure. We're, <laughs> yeah. we're no cherry tomato.
1: <laughs> right, absolutely. <laughs>
0: um, yeah, so I mean do you wanna kinda of walk through this episode chronologically? Um, linearly? Do you wanna jump around?
1: Yeah, we can try and do it chronologically. I don't have a timeline or anything. See,
0: this is where I wanna say for anyone who says that we're unprepared, watch this. I remembered what sodas the little girl was selling. I think we can make it through All chronologically right. without.
1: Don't believe me? Just watch.
0: Exactly. <laughs> um, so it starts with an interview with a uh, a guy talking about how difficult it is to flip a dog's ear. Okay, How difficult it is for him to find a job mm-hmm. and his mother is also dying of cancer.
1: Right. The Hispanic people. Yes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and he's talking about how, you know, he doesn't even get. To the interview stage, and when he does, he kind of just shows up. He's he has, a felon, he ex-felon or whatever, right? Tattoos on his head. Yeah. He's like, they, they take one look at me, and I don't go any further. And you have Benny Safdie, who is directing this scene that seems to be playing out for some kind of hopeful HGTV-type show, mm-hmm. where you have Emma Stone and Nathan Fielder, who are interviewing him. And they announce they got him a job at a coffee shop Mm -hmm. and Benny Safdie who's directing it basically says the the, the mother's not reacting big enough (laughs) and asks if he can pour water (laughs) in her eyes and blow some Uh menthol in (laughs) them so she can cry. Yeah. And you can see that Emma Stone's uncomfortable with it a little bit and then Nathan Fielder is, but they still let it happen.
1: Nathan right. Emma Stone is uncomfortable with it, and she under no circumstances wants it to happen. Nathan Again. Fielder waffles a little bit about it. He seems to be uncomfortable with it. And Dougie is also his friend, right?
0: They they there's a reference to them having gone to camp together.
1: Yeah, that was the impression I got. And so he kind of he does the like You know, he is pushing back on it at first, but then he is kind of like, all right, let's just do it and get it over with, right? Right. So that's the kind of dynamic.
0: Yeah, and but they seem to be like good people in the interview, even though when they announce what they've done, which is get him a job at a coffee shop, your immediate reaction should be, what? How how is a job at a coffee shop any kind of response to what he's just told you.
1: Yeah. 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 They, I mean, I felt like they were being like positioned as like well intentioned at the beginning of the show.
0: Exactly. And and then those are the little clues that you get that they're not really that well intentioned mm-hmm. when they just say, Oh yeah, we got your job at a coffee shop. See you later. Mm-hmm. Then it cuts to them being interviewed by a local news channel mm-hmm. anchor who then starts asking them questions about their connections to Emma Stone's parents' company, mm-hmm. who are basically slum lords, Right. And she clearly gets flustered, and then uh, Nathan Fielder kind of loses it mm-hmm. and snaps at her. After that interview, they realize we can't let the interview go out. We're gonna look like villains, mm-hmm. it's gonna be a black eye for us. And Nathan then tries to like give her another story that he is involved in about working at a casino and having these predatory, you know, kind of uh company positions by this casino on the people who use their services, right? So yeah. like praying, not not using any best practices for people clearly with addictions and just trying to make the most money off of them. And so he tries to give that to the reporter to bury their interview. Um, but that's when you start seeing like, yeah, these issues of gentrification. <clears throat> like they basically have picked this city to frame their new show in to try and like quote unquote revitalize the city. Mm-hmm. But like they don't really care long-term about the city. They're just like what he says, giving, giving the city it's the chance, mm-hmm. you know, but it's all just in service of this show. And the coffee shop,
1: right. It's just like a, they only signed a lease for six months or something. And they're
0: a sponsor of right. their their yeah. show already. Mm-hmm. So it's all just like a Ouroboros of mm-hmm. like self helping self um, and trying to spin it as a, you know, helping the community. And then also building these like reflective homes.
1: Right. <laughs> Yeah. Like me- metal, reflective. It's all mirrors. The entire outside of the house is just made out of giant mirror panels. <laughs> yeah.
0: But it's all zero carbon footprint and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So I think I think in this opening, you do get some of the main themes, right? Gentrification. I've heard it referred to this, but I don't like... This isn't the right term, right? You agree? is is a critique of virtue signaling
1: I saw that too I mean I th- I guess I under kind of feel like I understand the core of what they're saying I think instead of virtue signaling I saw maybe that is what I saw um I mean yeah, I, I I guess it's not to me it's not like a one to one virtue signaling, but it is more of a it is just very much like um I don't know like uh the um, the it's definitely like a white savior tr- idea, right? But it also has to do with uh, like this very American idea of like this is how you help a community right but mm-hmm. our idea of helping the community is just enriching yourself you know what i mean right. like you these may these people may be fully well intentioned and think that that's what they're doing but because of the culture that we have and the like economic system we have it's really just about enriching yourself. You know what I mean? And it would be, if all goes to plan, you know, and everything goes to shit after six months, their conscience is clean because it's like, oh, well, I did the best that I could. I was just trying to help. You know what I mean? Where it they really just stand no chance from the get-go. The whole thing, <coughs> it's, it's rotten to the core. There's There's just no way to do it the way that they're doing it.
0: Yeah. And you can expand that out to like this whole, this whole HGTV approach to life, right? This whole HGTV approach to poverty. Mm-hmm. Um, that also is the critique of all those shows like Intervention, too, right? Hoarders, mm-hmm. I think, is another good example where you're trying to like, um, make someone's disease entertaining. Yeah. And then you're trying to balance it by saying, well, we're helping these people. But then you also are like, yeah, I, I I don't want to see, but I'm curious at what the statistics are Mm -hmm. of like the hoarders people, at least.
1: Right. Who turns it around. Yeah.
0: How many of those, Now, looking back on it, once your show loses funding, Mm -hmm. loses the audience, people move on, they don't care anymore. Yeah. How are those hoarders now? You know, what what have you provided for them?
1: Right. Well, and you also run into this issue, and I guess this is like the reality TV critique side of the show, because they're also going down this path. You also run into this issue. You mentioned intervention of a show like Intervention. It's like it's not an it's not an episode. The episode of Intervention there's it's not an episode of Intervention unless there's like a moment where the person who addict who is addicted to drugs has like a psychotic break and is like on the verge of suicide. <laughs> and so it's like it becomes this thing, or it's like you know this. You know, what if the whole thing starts and the person's just like, okay, yeah, I'll go, I'll go, I'll go to rehab. Oh, you're here to shoot a documentary? I just want to go to rehab. You know what I mean? Yeah. Then it becomes like...
0: Benny Safdie needs to get
1: involved. Right, exactly. People behind the scenes are going to have to start pulling some strings to get cause some drama because this is boring. this We can't just do... We can't just do show up and get a guy a job and then, you know, look at these houses. There has to be something to watch.
0: Yeah, the, the darkest thought is what's the casting process like mm-hmm. is is that i'm sure that comes up though mm-hmm. where people are like how willing is the person oh they're super willing uh, is it are you sure they're not kind of not willing
1: at least <laughs> yeah
0: because yeah if they're willing then yeah there's no show just tell them to go get help you want you know like you could see that conversation like probably happening yeah and yeah that's gross that's terrible yeah And yeah, so I think that came through really strong in it. And it definitely made me think like, of this is probably not the best conversation to have around it. But you do wonder if, like, I think every, I I myself am a little hesitant to like label something as bad. You know your' the the approach seems to be like if you like it, who cares, mm-hmm. but it does make me think like yeah can can we just say this is like bad yeah can can we just say that if you if your primary source of entertainment is this like reality poverty porn mm mm-hmm you know, gentrification, glorifying gentrification um, and these kind of like hyper positive approaches to life. Like maybe that's bad. Mm-hmm. Like really, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. again, I, I don't like moral judgments, but it definitely feels like a moral judgment is and can be levied against those specific types of reality shows. Yeah. I don't know if you'd agree with that.
1: Yeah. It's, it's, I feel like it's one of those things that's like you don't ever want to, uh, I don't know. You don't ever want to, uh, like write something off just, uh, just like from the go, just from the start. But it's one of those things where it's like, I don't know, if you're a a pastor or a preacher and your desire is to be on TV preaching to people, like, I think it's pretty safe to say that's not good, right? right. There's no version of that that's good. It just, I mean, there is a version of that that's good, but practically speaking, it doesn't work. It's never going to work. And, like, the theory behind it doesn't really matter because we have so much evidence that it just, practically speaking, doesn't work.
0: And it goes all the way back to, what was the big one? Um, The home renovation show?
1: Yeah, Extreme Home Makeover. So strange because I had, I've been getting all these videos pop up on my YouTube of, like, the the bad stories of that show because it left everybody who was on it, like, in poverty afterwards.
0: Yeah, because... Then taxes went crazy. Also, sometimes it's like, and again, this is not new, but extreme wealth is not necessarily always like a benefit, Mm -hmm. like sudden extreme wealth. Yeah. Yeah, That's like shocking. I'll also say one thing that this first episode made me think of is what it would be like to be a celebrity, kind of. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, watching them navigate their daily life also felt really ho- like horrific to me. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine being a public figure, and whether or not you have a crew following you around, feeling like you do, yeah, like paparazzi, mm-hmm. or even not if it's paparazzi, just to be like, I'm enough of a public figure that somebody might be looking for me. Right, anybody who sees me is gonna want to like
1: record me and all that like or they're at least paying close attention to what i'm doing
0: yeah they're paying close attention to what i'm doing i know that this show that that may not have been a the main theme of it but it really came through in this and made me realize like i'm so thankful that i'm not in that position and then what that position can feel like it it really i don't know got that across mm-hmm. pretty clearly to me sure it made me realize like what a nightmare that that would be yeah um but yeah going back to what we were talking about um before uh yeah extreme home makeover it also ruined
1: the the host's life too right like he was an alcoholic or something yeah, yeah
0: alcoholic and just and so again it just makes me feel like that that approach that that doesn't value the people in the way they claims to value them yeah. they that's it's just trying to manipulate moments and create feelings yeah. in the viewer. It's, that, it's only going to like wreck havoc for anyone involved. Right. You know? That
1: shows also the perfect example of like having to, to continually ramp stuff up because it started as like, yeah, we're just going to give these people a nice house and fix everything. And then... There was an episode it's like there was they started doing these themed houses and themed rooms. And it's like there was a room where it's like the kid liked duct tape. So they made literally everything in the room out of duct tape. His bed was made out of duct tape. <laughs> His blankets are made out of duct tape. <laughs> it's like what in the hell what is this, is, this is not this isn't like this is an actual nightmare yeah <laughs>
0: i don't think that you don't get it when a kid says i like duct tape <laughs> don't mean for life right. they, they mean i'm a kid doesn't mean they want to sleep in it <laughs> yeah i have a weird fixation right now but i'll grow out of this yeah don't make my room duct tape or or i can only imagine if it like kept going and then you get like the sponsored kfc room Mm
1: -hmm. you know you know they did uh one of those homes was here
0: yeah right right Mm -hmm. by the mall Mm -hmm. i don't know urban legend or whatever but i heard that that was one of the
1: homes that kind of i mean i wouldn't be surprised because that's not a good neighborhood i mean it's not it's not bad by any means but it's it it would probably be like lower middle class neighborhood uh, and, yeah, it was in my zone when I was a groundskeeper. I was driving by it, like, on a weekly basis. How did it look? It looked like a pretty normal house, to be honest. But it was obviously, like, twice as big as any other house around it.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, like, and, and I th- I really like, and I think Nathan Fielder does take pretty clean shots For some reason, I think people obscure um, Nathan Fielder's approach to to things. But this is also maybe related to a book that I've read where I feel like people really overuse this, like, WTF um, reaction Mm -hmm. to to things. And I think that people try to make Nathan Fielder out to be more, like... um, difficult to understand sure. or read yeah. than he is. Like it's pretty clear mm-hmm. what he's taking shots at. Yeah. And I think the curse is very direct and very targeted. Mm-hmm. Like like the ways that they make their 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 points and even to the people that they hired where you're like, yeah, I'm sure that the mother is an actress. But she also feels like a real lady. <coughs> yeah, I was, who doesn't fully know what's. Going I was about. going
1: to say maybe that's. Uh, I feel like, I felt like that. I I wasn't sure if that was a Nathan Fielder thing, where it's like parts of this is going to be reality, in that this is a real person. You know, I don't think there's anyone on the show that doesn't know they're on a TV show. But then that's also what the Safties do, right? They're known for just this is where we're going to film the thing, and we've got our stars, and then we're just going to fill in the rest of the cast with people that just live here. You know what I mean? So that's uh, that's there's like the news anchor felt like that to me. Mm-hmm. She, I did, I thought she was great, good, good, good acting and everything, but there was like an element to it that made me feel like, I think this is the actual news lady for this neighborhood. <laughs> yeah.
0: <clears throat> Some of the people standing around mm-hmm. really felt like people who probably saw a real production and just wandered over mm-hmm. They're like, Hey, get in this shot and just clap for this right. fake coffee shop being opened. Um, then you have the, the fake coffee shop and that's really where the layers start getting peeled back and you realize like they were only supposed to hire local people, but there's two kind of hipster people oh, right. yep. in it. Mm-hmm. Um, you can see the guy who got the job already screws up someone's <laughs> cappuccino and gets like pushed out of, out of the way of the machine. Yeah. You have the ladies trying to, redeem her coupon. Uh-huh. And the lady's like, "Yeah, that's a free drip or you can get." And she's like, "Coffee?" <laughs> she's like, oh, "Okay, yeah, just a drip."
1: I've got a great coupon story. I was in Walmart the other day buying groceries and I got in line. I was I decided to to go through the human line instead of going through self-checkout. And there were two lines. There was one normal line, and then there was one express line. Both lines had one very old person checking out. So I get in the express line. This guy's is basically done checking out. There's one thing left on the beeper scanner or whatever. He's got nothing in his uh, basket. And the other lady is still putting her stuff on the thing. So I'm like, all right, let me get behind this old guy, and I'll just do this. Well, they run into some, you know, I can't scan this thing. I don't know what it is, blah, blah, blah. The old man has no idea what's going on. So I'm like, all right, I hop over to the line with the old lady because she's, like, flying through her stuff, checking, us, checking stuff out. I get in there. I put my couple things on there, and she's got six... A stack of six um, pre-made, the pre-made frozen cookie dough things, right? Like the rectangles that you just break apart. And, and just cut? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and um, she hands the cashier a, a coupon. And the cashier looks at it and she tries to scan it and it won't scan so she walks away with the coupon and gets her manager, comes back with the manager. The manager tries to scan it, doesn't scan, it won't scan. And so she goes, I'm really sorry, but Walmart just enacted a new policy that if a coupon can't doesn't scan, we can't use it. I can't enter I can't enter it in manually. I just can't use it. That's the new policy. And the woman is obviously she's mad, da da, da, da. And the the manager again is like, you know, I completely understand your frustration. I'm just, I'm really sorry, just it's the new policy. I have to do as I'm told. There's nothing I can do about it. Right? <clears throat> so then this old woman, coupon's not going to be accepted. She reaches over into her cart. I thought it was for the cookie things. It's not. She reaches over in her cart and pulls out probably the biggest bag of skittles i've ever seen in my life it just tosses them on the bagging carousel thing and <laughs> she's like well i don't know why it says skittles right there it says skittles on the coupon i don't know what else they could be for it says Skittles. i never had this issue before there are just skittles i don't know it, just, it says skittles right here
0: it's just like okay <laughs> Man, that's hilarious. I thought, yeah, I was like, is this going to end with her being like, you've ruined my child's cookie. <laughs> cookie right. <like> for,
1: no, <laughs> yeah. Skittles. And the, the like, only reason she went to that Walmart was to get Skittles. To get Everything Skittles else is ancillary. <laughs> is
0: cover for the giant Skittles <laughs> right. that she wants to eat. Yeah. Oh, man, that's
1: a shame. <clears throat> So, so the coffee shop is a sham. Coupons. Obviously.
0: Yep. Um and then we get to see them driving in a Tesla.
1: Mhm. Of course. Of course,
0: Tesla people. Mhm. And they go to her Emma Stone's parents house. Well, right. First they go and he goes and gets cursed. He he tries to meet up with the anchor to, to give her to
1: give the story. I
0: don't know why I found it funny that the anchor was like meet us at a subway. <laughs> yeah. It's like if it wasn't Nathan Fielder, I'd immediately be like, Well, I can see who's who's paying for some of this. <laughs> <Right>. You know? <laughs> but with it being Nathan Fielder, I was like, maybe Subway didn't pay right. for Right. <laughs>
1: Um, that again just feels like all right, we're filming here there's a subway right over there. all right fine just go to the subway who cares <laughs> we'll go they'll
0: meet in the subway yeah um so he is waiting to meet with her and Benny Safdie's character's like
1: she's doing something says come back in 10 minutes
0: yeah mm-hmm. and um I think that's just a power play we can do sure. it, right yeah. yeah she's not doing yeah not doing anything in the subway parking lot
1: she is a a hawk she knows what she's doing oh yeah and she knows that these people are dumb skulls yeah
0: and she knows she has them yeah with with the footage she has and so he is wandering around he also it starts to come out that he's very um submissive Mm -hmm. to emma stone Mm -hmm. and what emma stone tells him to do he, he likes to be ordered and mm-hmm. told what to do. Smell my fault. He he would.
1: Right, exactly. He kind of does.
0: <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and he Ew. gets told to go buy some soda that a little girl's selling in, a parking in the lot. middle of this parking lot. Mm-hmm. She has like three Sprite minis, mm-hmm. and she's trying to sell them for like two bucks, which is like too much. And also, they're right outside, like a little strip. Like you go, sure. get get a bigger sprite for two bucks, uh, just right in Subway,
1: probably. Yeah.
0: And he gives her a hundred dollar bill. She freaks out. He walks away as soon as he sees that they got the shot. He goes back. And tries to get the money back. Right. Which he does by snatching it from Mm -hmm. her. And then she curses him. Not specifically.
1: Yeah, she literally just says, like, curse you. curse you. Yeah, something like that.
0: And then she goes over to her father, and then they walk away. I'm a dead man! He says, I'm going to go get money, and I'll be back. I'll give you 20 bucks. Mm -hmm. And buy the rest of the soda. The dad says, they'll wait. He goes in. They don't break a $100 bill in that business, but there's an ATM. Right. And that's when a local guy comes over and he's like, I'll help you with the ATM mach- machine. It's tricky. What's your pin? Do yeah. you? <laughs> that was a great scene. <laughs> yes, it was. What do you do? Um.
1: Yeah, I just give him my I pin. Know,
0: I know exactly what I would do.
1: I would give him my pin. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what's he going to do with it? Yeah, Unless he has my card, it's useless.
0: Yeah. And Nathan Fielder just, Asher. Uh-huh. Ashman. He <laughs> just can't do it Uh huh. until he finally breaks down, gives him the pin. And the guy's friend, too, is like, what do you think we're going to do? right exactly do you think we need your money that bad that we're just like (laughs) we sit by this atm all day just waiting to rip people off and so yeah they get the money for him and then he walks away and in the car he immediately calls his bank to
1: change his his (laughs) bank right (laughs) and by that time the girl and the father are gone
0: girl and father are gone and the anchor is like you have a few days Mm -hmm. to get me this gambling story, or I'm going to publish the interview. Then we go in the Tesla. Then we go to Emma Stone's parents' house, Mm -hmm. who have been referred to as
1: slumlords. Oh, that's right. You know what? I never made that connection for some reason. That they're the slum lords? I just, when I was watching them on screen, I never thought to myself, oh, that's the slum (laughs) lords. I mean, obviously I knew who they were from the beginning of the show, but for some reason I just never put the two in the same room together, you know what I mean? That's the point. I mean, maybe, probably because that, yeah, probably, but also because that whole sequence is so wild, you know what I mean? It starts off, it starts off. Can I just say this? Maybe this might get me canceled now or in <laughs> 10 years. When I, th- think I think of that shot of him peeing, it makes me want to gag.
0: Really? Yes. First off, just not the canceled. image. I want to see the person who wants to cancel you now because you're what? Shaming
1: your micro penises. <laughs>
0: Uh, oh, so what What grosses you out is the micropenis?
1: Yes. It's so weird looking in the show. The way he's holding
0: You know, you're,
1: you're talking- <laughs> The about- whole thing made me so, I mean, as as soon as it comes up, it's so funny, right? It's hilarious. You're not expecting it. The way he's but holding then it. As I've a- sat with it throughout the week, it makes me shudder. It genuinely grosses me out.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, to me, I immediately was Eww. like, "Who pees
1: like that? Who <laughs> someone holds with a, their penis?" Someone like? with a with a cherry tomato. The Cherry Tomato Boys. W-
0: w- would the problem be that it would just shoot straight if you did not <laughs> with both hands pointed down? Like you just, it's always, it's so small, it's always pointing straight out. <laughs> uh,
1: sure, maybe.
0: Yeah, because he's two-handing. Yeah. Four fingers. <laughs> <it>.
1: That's right. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I do like the fact that some people are like, "Was those real penis?" Like, <laughs> right. You think Nathan Fielder's a micro penis? And he's, gonna he's been waiting. He's <laughs> been waiting for
1: this show to tell everybody. <laughs> he's a cherry tomato boy, right?
0: <laughs> so they do a a Jewish kind of like blessing. That's right. Over the meal, and that's when you start to get the sense that Emma Stone's character especially is like religious or she references that she took a class mm-hmm. um, in that like explaining the Sabbath as you light your candles before because you're not allowed to use electricity and stuff after you're not allowed to make a fire. Mm-hmm. She, she says right after sunset. So you set the candles before so you can see your food after sunset. Mm-hmm. And that is where I think, again, going with the way that the curse was filmed, how much time was spent on it, the way that they shot that scene, and Emma Stone's character's religious kind of awareness, at least, mm-hmm. I do think the curse is going to turn out to be real in, in some way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it
1: could just be like their life falls apart, and then you're just going to say, like, "There's that's the curse. That's what I'm saying, yeah. That's what that's the feeling I got. Um <clears throat> Yeah, the impression I got from that scene was that um Emma Stone was the was the one that was supposed to be like very religious, right? But um Nathan Fielder is the one who ends up doing the whole doing the whole thing or whatever. You know what I mean? Like he it seemed like he was more uh, knowledgeable about it.
0: Right after her explanation, he. Right. She it.
1: kind of just had, maybe she just had like the HGTV interview version of it. Right. She knew what to say about it, but he right. was the one that actually practices it or whatever.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Cause she references, well, that's what blah, blah said in the class. Yeah. 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 I mean, it, it makes me think like, you know, one phrase that popped in my, head during the show was I don't ever want someone to say an untrue thing to me like it bothers me to no end Mm -hmm. when you have people who are clearly playing a role and aren't invested in you enough to care what they're saying or to be honest in what they're saying to you so instead you get like a pat, either a pat prepared answer, Mm -hmm. like what they were giving in the interview with the anchor. Like that's obvious, right? Right. And and that's what you expect. But also just in daily interactions, when somebody just gives you a stock answer Mm -hmm. for something that's not based on their own curiosity or their own kind of like personality, it's just like, Oh, like you know, even like oh, Keith, uh, tell me more about X. And it's like, no, I'm <laughs> no. not. No, you're 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 not nope. interested. You don't have to be interested, right? Don't. And no one talks to anybody like that. Yeah, you know, like talk to me like a real human. If you're interested, let's talk. If not, don't don't pretend. You know, and suck my white ass. Exactly. And with Emma Stone, I got that feeling a lot where it's like who is this person mm. what is their real interest in drive you know yes um she says a lot about sustainability she she says a lot about like tries to say the right thing about gentrification and doesn't mm-hmm. but then as soon as she mentions her parents she flips out and then with her parents she's like cool with them being lord, you know what mm-hmm. i mean so it's like yeah who are you it's just like i don't ever want to be around people who either don't have a sense of themselves to be like honest yeah or who are actively like living a life that doesn't allow them to be honest mm-hmm. you know what i mean and they and they know how to pretend to be curious or interested it's like yeah, talk about like you get grossed up by micro penises. <laughs> I get grossed out by that, uh-huh. by that false <laughs> sure. front that the people put in. and both of them have it.
1: Yeah. Um. <clears throat> so they leave there, right? They're driving home, and they have that cherry tomato back and forth. Do you remember that?
0: Uh, so yeah, where he he's like, I'm going to make you eat the cherry right. tomato. And then he
1: pretends to sh- try and shove a cherry tomato in her mouth for like way longer than what is w- warranted or funny right? if it is even funny at all.
0: But she seems to like, but it. she's kind
1: of into it. Yeah. And then when
0: she gets home,
1: they go for it.
0: She's clearly into it. Yeah. Uh, like it got, it got her going a little bit.
1: Yeah. I wasn't really sure what to make of that. Because, I don't know, that whole, the whole sequence in the car was like, okay, this is going on for way too long. And it's like, I don't know. I mean, I guess obviously that's the whole point. It goes on for way too long. There's like a weird undercurrent of aggression coming from mm-hmm. Nathan Fielder, right? Um, yeah, I guess. Uh, I, in that sense, very well done, but it did make me feel uncomfortable, which is the point. Uh, that also... Um, reminded me of the New Yorker wrote an article on the show that I started to read. <laughs> and I stopped because I get the impression that <clears throat> my critics get like the first couple of episodes of a show to mm-hmm. watch before they write something about it. So... I always started reading this and I was like, some of this doesn't sound familiar. So I think that this writer is talking about a c- couple of episodes that they've watched. So I wanted to, so I didn't want to spoil anything else. So I stopped reading it. But the headline is what I wanted to talk about. It says, The curse holds a mirror up to marriage. The new Showtime series starring Nathan Fielder and Emma Stone takes aim at everything from reality t- television to white liberal virtue signaling. There you go but it works best as the study of an unhappy couple. Um, Yeah, so I guess that kind of going back to all the other stuff we talked about, I don't know if the show is going to focus on one thing over the other, if it's just going, the whole thing is going to be, um, if the whole thing is going to be kind of how the first episode was, which is that, kind of everything we're touching on have it has its appropriate moment throughout the story. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But this person who's seen more episodes than we have apparently thinks that it's mostly about uh, an unhappy couple, which obviously, you know, that's in there. We were just talking about it. Uh, but I didn't feel like, I mean, I guess that their relationship is at the core of the show. So I guess that's the argument. Um, and I guess that also, too, is is what makes me think that maybe the curse isn't real. Maybe it is, like you said, it's just going to be this thing where it's like...
0: Watch these people's life fall apart.
1: Yeah, right. And the curse is just going to be an easy the sort background. of like... Yeah, an easy sort of like, I was cursed.
0: I mean, <laughs> so so this is what I'll say, too, to, to support that reading, is... The, the curse, what it actually does in this episode, it just creates another opportunity for him to lie to her, right? It, it, it makes an yeah. opportunity for her to put a demand on him for him to not follow through and for him to lie about it, mm-hmm. which, again, is the sign of an unhealthy marriage.
2: Why the fuck you lying?
0: Is And I think it, it goes both ways, right? It's on the one hand somebody asking like specific undue requests of the other person, Mm
2: -hmm.
0: you know, not tied to anything. Like she freaks out about a curse that a girl holding Sprite gave to him and makes him go out and find her (laughs) at night, which is like, what, you know? Mm -hmm. And then on the flip side, he is not truthful with her.
1: Right. So he's he's made the assessment that it's not worth it to come back and say, Yeah, I couldn't find her. So yeah. he's just going to make something up.
0: Right. Um, and so, again, I think that that is a clear picture of an unhealthy marriage mm-hmm. that you can see outside of a universe that they're living in. They can apply to a lot of couples, I think. Mm-hmm. So I can definitely see that. And the curse is obviously creating. More opportunities to expose their bad marriage. You also have the scene where uh, Benny Safdie is doing some ADR with Emma Stone's character, and mm. obviously, like weirdly and aggressively,
1: yeah, comes on flirts her. with her. Yeah,
0: um, and then on on a side note, I'll say it does show like. In a very clear way, that kind of toxic uh, film set, which I think is interesting because did you hear about the allegations that came out around the Safties? No. As well. With, Recently? Um, yeah, a few months ago with Good Time on the set of Good Time. Um, mm-hmm. Let me pull it up here. So multiple women have accused um, a former collaborator of the Safdie brothers uh, who worked with them on Uncut Gems in Good Times of sexual m- misconduct.
1: They don't say who it is?
0: No, no. It's Sebastian Bear McLeod. Oh, okay. But one of his <clears throat> specific charges was... One said she was just 17 when Bear McClard scouted her on Instagram for what she thought would be a small role in good time and starred Robert Pattinson. When she arrived on set, Pattinson was nowhere to be seen. She found herself paired with an unprofessional actor and performed naked. Um, She's 17. Mm-hmm. She eventually had a sexual relationship with Bear McClard. Another accuser said she was 18. Now, the other problem was when she was on set, Robert Pattinson wasn't there, but either both Safdie brothers or one of the Safdie brothers was on set Mm -hmm. directing as well. It's like, yeah, she's not a professional actress, Mm -hmm. actor. She's 17, Mm -hmm. and she's naked. Mm -hmm. You know, like, what's wrong with
1: you? Sure. You know? And-
0: It's it's interesting because I think this came out while the curse was either being filmed or like announced, mm-hmm. but it does feel like Benny Safdie's playing his friend. <laughs> sure.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. He has a lot of uh, inspiration for it, I guess. Yeah.
0: And I again, I don't know what they've said. I guess we can follow up on the next episode. Mm-hmm where I'll read into like what the Safdis have said about it. Um, again, I think it's all about this guy, this bear guy. Mm-hmm. Again, I don't think anyone else is implicated in the stuff they did, but that on set report is the thing that really stood out where it's like you're you're not creating a safe set.
1: All oh, right. You're not doing your due diligence. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. And again, this I think shows what that can feel like and what Mm -hmm. that can look like to have a not safe set of people who are trying to do their own things and leverage you know things to their own positions. So that also came through.
1: Did you see who else was listed as I think executive producer on the show? Oprah Winfrey? Ronald Bronstein. Oh
0: Frownland, right? Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: He's I mean he does Everything with the Safdies, yeah. but yeah, he, he was the one that made Frownland, which is a miserable movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: I, th- this does, I mean, the curse again, to me, th- there's the curse, how to John Wilson. Um, and I think that they're showing what you can do, mm-hmm. wh- how we can tell stories moving forward. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know what the budget is on the curse but i do think like as a big budget bloats mm-hmm. start sinking streaming services and stuff i think this is the way to go like it's it's a proven winner concept give creative people a small budget yeah to realize their projects that's how blumhouse got huge right mm-hmm. you he would just give a filmmaker five million dollars It's like whatever you can make for $5 million, make a horror movie. Mm -hmm. And that's how Shyamalan got his restart and a lot of like um, paranormal activity and stuff Mm -hmm. like that was all launched through that model. And I feel like, yeah, if you are just break out of this mode and mold of how stories need to be told in the way that, like, I think Nathan Fielder can tell stories, John Wilson can put stories together. Um, there's so much more richness you can put in your show mm-hmm. than just being a prestige show that just wants to be about whatever, right? Like, uh, male dominance in the workplace. Mm-hmm. Like, this is the premier show about that. Um, it feels like that's that can't sustain the vision that these streaming services need, right? You think about handmaid's tale or any kind of Mm -hmm. like big flash in the pan show, that got huge attention. And then it just kind of like ran out of stuff to say about it in with as many, as big of a budget as they have, but you just got to keep saying it anyway. Mm -hmm. Orange is the new black too. I think, you know Um, so anyway, I'm, I'm super excited that this creative team is getting more opportunities and the safties are getting a lot of attention on the film side of things. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm hoping that that generates a lot more artists to come out with visions like this and that this isn't just like after the curse, nothing else exciting or interesting until we get what the third season of Loki or whatever, <laughs> I don't know what the yeah what the Marvel Cinematic Universe is doing. Too.
1: Yeah. Um, the last thing I wanted to mention that I saw on the subreddit, someone pointed out that there, uh, one of the other themes of the show also seems to be like, uh, perspective or like. distorting reality almost Mm -hmm. specifically Mm -hmm. with the title the way the title sort of comes in and warps everything well in the house right house is made Mm -hmm. out of mirrors and then there's also that shot at the end where the um the scene where nathan fielder is lying to emma stone about finding the girl is shot some of it at least is shot through the people on the Door. Yeah, and the episode ends with like a potential i guess it's not a fourth wall moment because they're filming fielder a documentary looks, but yeah it's that long shot of nathan fielder and then he just looks straight into the camera and the guy drops it like mm-hmm. he's been caught or something yeah
0: yeah yeah exactly i, I think that this show is like extremely rich in the details it provides, and again, I, I know that the reaction of you is like that you run to is like this, like "WTF? What's the tomato scene about?" And it's like, yeah, mm-hmm. listen, it's weird, but also, I don't know, I'm not a farmer, but if a farmer is like, yeah, I spray urine on my crops, would be like,
1: <laughs> okay, okay, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So we just wash them off. Who cares? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know, you know, and
0: and again, I don't understand. Sometimes I want to be in the room with some of these people and watch them react to this stuff, yeah, cause like is that shock?
1: Is that shocking right? You,
0: like no, yeah, it's a weird well, it's scene like other... wait
1: until you find out what actual chemicals they're putting on your tomatoes, on your tomatoes. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to wish it was urine,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, so I just I don't know i i just, I always want to be like, let's modulate, let's focus on the weird like the truly weird stuff is like the micropenis you know, convo specifically, but yeah, the urinating on the vegetables and all that, that's just like color. Like, yeah, Yeah. it's like fun. Right. But I don't want to read your headline. Like WTF is the tomato scene. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so there we go. And we didn't, I do think it's interesting to, a lot of people complain that there's not a lot of adult drama and there's, there's also a lot of reports that were going around where it's like, Gen Z or Zoomers or wherever don't want uh, sex scenes in their in their stuff mm-hmm. in their shows, and, um, which I think I don't know that that's accurate anyway. But um, but this has some some explicit sex scenes in mm-hmm. in it, and I do think it's it's all like really interesting in terms of the characters,
1: right? Oh yeah, there's a lot going on in the sex scene.
0: Exactly, there's a lot going on in the yeah. sex scene. Um, and specifically, I guess Emma Stone has named her vibrator Steve? Steven. Steven or right. Steven, an imaginary I, figure that the vibrator represents.
1: Right. Well, I guess it could be that, but I had assumed that was just the name of her vibrator.
0: Or is there a Steven, a third figure that just couldn't be there that night?
1: An old boyfriend. Um, yeah. And then... Well, I guess to that end, too, um, Nathan, or er, Asher, is his role is to be cuckolded during the whole thing. Exactly. Right. Is to be like, I don't know if dominated is the same thing. Well, but.
0: she invites him to join in, and he says no. Yeah. You know, he just wants to watch uh-huh. still. So, yeah, he has this idea. And, and, again, I'm really interested to see where they go with, with him and his idea of himself. Through this like lens of yeah, his father in law being like, "Hey, we we're we're cherry tomato buddies," but he clearly has a lot of his identity tied to his size.
1: Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say that's probably a good example of the cherry tomato thing is just weird to be funny, mm-hmm. but that that scene is weird and uncomfortable like the cherry tomato scene is but there's a lot to it and there's like a purpose to it. Exactly, you know I mean? it's not just a joke or whatever.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm excited to see where they where they go with it. I think it has a lot of targets, but I think it hits its targets
2: mm-hmm.
0: pretty well. And yeah, I'm excited to see where they go. I mean I'm expecting a real curse but we'll
1: see. Okie dokie